Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. July 26th, NXT Tuesday, NXT 2.0. It feels like a new era, even though it's not yet. It's, it's the same NXT. The same NXT we know, the same NXT we love. Starting late tonight because NXT ran late, so we're starting a little late. Got to you know get it set, and I uh, got a new webcam because I was having some issues, having some bandwidth issues. I was like, okay, maybe this will be better. Maybe this will fix the problem. But tonight, me and Alfred Conway here, Issa has tonight off. She is uh, sitting at home working on her Roman Reigns fan fiction. It's gonna be good, I hear. I, I've it's already gotten good. an advanced copy, and it is some wild stuff. Let me tell you. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, what do we have before we get into NXT? What's going on in the news? Oh, plenty going on in the news. And with Vince McMahon retiring, of course, this led to natural speculation that WWE will be sold. In fact, WWE stock has been on fire since Vince McMahon's retirement announcement immediately after he announced the retirement. Uh, of course, it was after the market closed, so it's not like that day it happened, but that Monday, it surged past $70. And one of the big reasons is because top analyst Alan Gould has raised his price guidance from $59 to $90 on the assumption that it may be sold. So now there's a lot of speculation. Alan Gould himself uh, was uh, had an article on Deadline talking about potential buyers named Comcast, which owns oh. NBCU. Disney, Amazon, Netflix, and Fox as potential buyers for WWE. Now, this is a little tricky. I think a lot of people have uh, speculated that NBCU would be the front-running candidate because of the properties they already run for WWE. But NBCU, which is owned by Comcast, has $39 billion committed to Sky, which they purchased. So that might create some problems in terms of creating cash flow for them to be able to purchase WWE. Disney is another candidate that I legitimately think could have a chance to buy WWE. Obviously, they have all the money in the world, but they are also stretched financially when it comes to cash flow because they just bought Hulu and Fox. So there are a lot of moving parts to this story. A lot of people speculating WWE is being sold. How are you seeing this shake out, uh, Glenn? And do you think WWE will stay as a publicly traded company that is not sold for the remainder of the year? Well, man, God, if Disney buys WWE, they better make some space in their vaults uh, for the Attitude Era right next to Song of the South and uh, things that they'll never let see light of the day, light of day again. Some things that maybe haven't aged so well. Right Uh, next to those birds from Dumbo. Yeah, seriously, right? I mean, Disney, the WWE media library is a big part of the value for anyone with a streaming service. Um, And who knows? I mean, maybe Fox, I know they divest did uh you know all their holdings in hulu and uh some other stuff when they uh when the split happened with disney but i don't know i mean netflix would make sense amazon would make sense on a streaming angle but really yeah nbc and fox make the most sense i think just given their current tv deals actually with nbc it makes perfect sense my question to you is what do you think it goes for do we think like a 10 billion dollar acquisition what do you think the the dollar amount is i don't think it'll be 10 billion i think that's the most that it would potentially go for i think it'll be a little less and especially if they sell to nbc universal given the climate given the the partners and how strapped they are for cash right now even netflix which is really struggling right now in terms of subscribers uh 
given that climate, I do think that it would go for less than that. Maybe WWE could work out some type of sweetheart deal with an NBCU and sell it for five to six, but I don't see it going for less than $4 billion. Just because WWE, it still has that competitive spirit within it. And uh, I don't see it going for less than what UFC went for, because I think the wheels started turning about WWE wanting to sell the company after they saw that UFC went for $4 billion. And Endeavor, who bought UFC, has also been thrown around as a potential candidate to buy WWE so they can have that uh, pairing. But I don't see it going for less than $4 billion. I see it going for about $6 billion. Well, so if they're doing revenue, I'm just looking at this now. Um, if they're doing revenue of about three to four hundred million a year in TV and streaming deals, I mean, if you look at a seven X multiplier, which would be very conservative on the acquisition market, you have to figure NBC or Fox figure they're basically getting uh, a value add. I mean, if their TV deals are worth a lot, they're basically getting all that money back in the acquisition and the ownership. So I don't know. So maybe it could happen. Yeah, it, it would make business sense for NBCU. I know they are strapped for cash and whatnot, but I mean, if they are having problems with cash flow, not necessarily problems, but if they are having in terms of already buying another company and they want to be conservative, uh, buying WWE would actually be a kind of conservative option instead of releasing WWE and then uh, another five year deal for what, $3 billion or whatnot, uh, total for uh, Raw and Smack or SmackDown or whatnot. I think uh, NBC Universal, if they were to pay like a lease price, would be ending up paying more money. And I don't think that's what they want to do. Well, and here's the crazy thing to think about. Fox or NBC Universal has all the incentive on earth to make the acquisition because what happens if NBC Universal acquires it? They're not going to relicense to Fox right. and vice versa. So I think that they might also look at, hey, if this really matters to us and now that Vince is gone, we're going to have probably more control. Um, over the product, even if we kept uh, Triple H in place and some of the team. I mean, I don't know. This is this is uh, pretty fascinating what could happen with this. But yeah, I think NBC Universal, because of the Peacock rights, probably makes all the sense on Earth. And hey, you know, look, they canceled the Save by the Bell reboot. They uh, didn't renew the Punky Brewster reboot. You know, uh, NBC Universal, you need a loan, hit me up. I'll give you very favorable terms. Or hit up Tony D'Angelo. But here his interest rates are fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see Tony D'Angelo as part of this deal. That'd be uh, incredible to see. And you just have to see also the bubble that's going on with streaming. I, I, it hasn't burst yet. And I do think that if WWE was not to sell and they were to get another deal, whether it's television, whether it's streaming, they're going to get a lot of money and it would be worth negotiating. But there is a bubble that some people feel like is either about to burst or has burst already. When you see what's going on with Netflix and their subscribers, Peacock is losing so much money with that service. So there might be a pushback with the public saying that there's too many streaming services. I don't want to pay for all these things. So WWE is going to have to make a decision within these next year or two whether or not do we want to bet on streaming and just kind of let it ride and, and get a television rights deal? Or do we want to cash out and sell the company and get more money than I think they would get if they just waited and streaming bubble bursts? Then they, if they even if they did sell the company, I think they'd sell for way less if there was no streaming bubble. Yeah, we'll see, man. It's an exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's WWE in terms of, and by the way, the first one of the first things I thought of in terms of Vince McMahon retiring is that the company would be sold only because that would be Nick Khan is at the forefront, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, who had tried to leave the company to be with their family for longer. That didn't end up happening. So I could see them looking at a sale as, listen, we're going to need a little help. We're going to need somebody else to run. We could be a consulting role, but we're going to get a bunch of money and it's probably not going to be as much of a workload for them. So I think that would make sense to uh, Stephanie Triple H, even Vince, who, like, if he runs out of moves, why not just sell and ride off to the sunset? 
or into the darkness yeah. <laughs> based on what might come out. What do you think Vince McMahon did today? Day two of retirement. I think he was, uh, he bought a smartphone under another name and I think he made calls and worked on NXT all day. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I don't think I, I've been thinking about that lately. Like what? This all he knows is wrestling. It's it's what he lives, what he eats, what he breathes. That's all he knows. He doesn't have any hobbies. He doesn't do anything outside of wrestling. I know. And he's a control freak. He wants the final say in everything. So I just cannot see a life where Vince just sits back and says, "Well, they they forced me out. Nothing I can do here." Especially if he's out against his will. Like he's coming up with some plan to try to. You know what? I bet you one of the suitors that they didn't name is Ico Pro. I bet you Ico Pro is coming back into business and they're going to buy WWE. Yeah. Hey, stranger things, man. Stranger things have happened. I mean, and do we see Shane McMahon on WWE TV again now that Vince is gone? I really hope so. I do think that we're at least going to see him as like a character. You have to. Even if he has no power, that story with the power vacuum, the Shane Triple H story is too good to not do. And it's one of the only easy levers that they have to pull due to the reality of this situation. Right. The problem there is what's the payoff? Triple H isn't going to wrestle. I mean, unless he gets no, somebody. No, 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 no. But dude, just seriously, put him as GM of SmackDown again. That worked very well before. We could have a real brand split. There's a lot they could do with that, you know? Um, or, or, you know, from uh, my lips to God's ears, Raw Underground, three hours Monday night. Let's go. Let's get a new TV deal for Raw Underground. I mean, seriously. Spin that off. What about uh, the uh, the uh, El Ray Network? They still they'll they'll air Raw Underground. Yeah, <laughs> they just take they can use all the graphics for Lucha Underground. Just cross it's it out. And, you know. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? What else is in the news? Well, you did mention Raw. Raw's ratings, as expected, were way up. One point nine million. That's up eight percent. 0.5 in the demo, which is very good, up 7% of the demo. So a lot of intrigue for the new WWE Raw under a new era. But having said that, a lot of more of the same. There really wasn't too much on Raw from what I, I saw last night last that told night. me that it was a new era. Yeah, I know they started Raw with a brawl, and it was kind of like a cold open. And I thought that was different from what they typically do. But they've done that plenty of times under the Vince McMahon era. And if you watch the show through, it, it really is the same product. So I really do think, again, if there's any changes, they're going to be slowly implemented. They're not going to be implemented immediately. And even when there are changes, Triple H's philosophy about wrestling is influenced by Vince McMahon. So we're going to get a lot of the same. And because I think Vince McMahon is out here buying burner phones and communicating his desires to uh, the head people in charge, I do think we're going to get a lot of Vince McMahon influence. Just the changes that are going to be made, hopefully, are when it comes to continuity, when it comes to booking. There have been stories out about Vince McMahon and his struggles to remember people's names, his struggles to remember storylines that they just did matches that they just did so that is going to really improve the product i think when we see it over the next few weeks okay there you have it um so yeah we won't after SummerSlam. and when are we going to get this tournament for the new main roster women's tag team titles very interesting asset because they did announce as we're going to get into that NXT is going to move forward with these NXT women's tag titles. Usually you throw a title in the trash. That's it for the title. But Alundra Blaze herself took it out of the trash and they're going to have women's tag team champions. So maybe they are going to revive that on the main roster or maybe they'll just quietly go away. 
I think they could do a cross brand. I mean, they might as well at this point. I want to see a backstage segment. Sasha and Naomi walk into John Lauren Ice's vacated office and they pull the titles off the table. And here we go. Yeah. Or just take over the maybe, maybe it's like a nine to five situation. And in kayfabe, like Vince is kidnapped somewhere, and uh, Sasha and Naomi are going to take over the company. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, let's really do it. They can get a manager who's a paralegal. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff they can do. I mean, I would hope that Triple H is smart enough to realize that he can't do this all on his own. And I don't care if it's Ryan Ward, Road Dog, uh, Jimmy. Like, there's a lot of really good writers that the WWE. I mean, you see it on Twitter. You know, uh, look at a lot of the former WWE writers who are like, I couldn't hang with this environment. If I were him, I would be like, you know what? We could have a virtual writers' room. We could have open pitches. Send in your best stuff. Like, this is the time to rebuild creative brick by brick and fix this broken system that the only person that liked it was Vince. And most importantly, they can sneeze again. Sneezing yeah. is now legal in WWE. Oh my God. Oh my God. Just, just break out the Kleenex backstage. <laughs> uh, okay. So we got NXT 2.0 to talk about. A lot to dive into tonight. Um, dude, did you watch the rehearsal yet? Nathan, Nathan no. Fielder show. Nathan Fielder, not, not yet. Is it, yeah. Did you see it? Episode two is crazier than the first episode. Okay, I'll check. Oh, so there are only two episodes in? Two episodes in. And in fact, episode two, I don't want to tease this. Episode two features perhaps the most unbelievable reality person, reality uh, character that I think I've ever seen, who has now been verified as actually like a real dude. Oh, like wow. thousand percent legit. It's crazy. Absolutely okay, crazy. I was actually spending the weekend catching up on Dark Side of the 90s, season two. Oh, yeah. I'm, on, I'm almost done. I'm on the cops episode. So nice. um, I thought it's great. I got to catch up on some stuff. My wife's out of town. And again, what do I do when my wife's out of town? Normally, I watch like all the movies she thinks are too heavy. Like, okay, now we're going to watch The Social Network. Now we're going to watch Room. Now we're going to watch Short Term 12. And I just sit there and have like, you know, a good, uh, intense evening. But this time I'm messing around with the dj software and i kid you not last night was like four hours in front of the tv with the surround sound going just mixing like 90s hits for the amusement of myself and the cats are we yeah. allowed to will there be copyright issues with you playing this music because i really want to get a set just a quick set five minutes or i know i want to i want to put out i got to figure out a way to put out some dj stuff because i got my till i collapse rocky mashup that i was able to do live um yeah like i got to find a way to put some stuff out there you know, this is what I'm going to do in retirement. When I retire, it's just going to all be mashups, uh, making the McMahon family success. Oh man, I missed the boat now with Vince gone. One time I like legitimately almost hired someone to help me do a succession credits with the McMahon family. Ah, I was going to hire someone to like go through and find all the family clips. And I was on five where I was like, I need you to take Roman Reigns' theme and arrange this to sound like the succession theme. Like I had this whole plan, but I was like, what am I doing? I'm going to spend 20 hours on this project that's probably going to get taken down for copyright infringement or something the second I put it up. That would be wild if you had like footage of them as kids, like video footage. of. <laughs> there, well, there's pictures. There's like I was online. Like there, yeah. you look at McMahon family slideshow. It's all on, on YouTube. Like I, I got yeah. deep into planning this project before I abandoned it. Wow. So were you going to include footage of the wedding? Because there is footage of the wedding out there. Oh, yeah. Triple no, I had this whole idea. I had this whole idea to do it and to mimic like uh, the succession credits. I would call it McSession. I, I was going to do it like in the succession font, but with McSession and put the scratch logo underneath. Like I had this whole plan. This was all mapped out. McSession sounds like an exit interview with Ronald McDonald. 
Yes, yes. Uh, a couple super chats before we dive into the 2.0. Mia Lee, 999. I love NXT. Is it Mirrors Waller over and is Wendy turning heel? I want to see Vinci versus Braun. I'm loving all these women's feuds without the title involved. I love Chase U, Julius Creed, so badass. This was a great night for the women's division. And um, we got, we didn't get the man, but we got the return of the PowerPoint presentation tonight on NXT 2.0. We did a little gimmick infringement, but they are using it with uh, Kiana James, so good for her. And uh, uh, peace be to Drew Gulak, because I haven't seen him in a while, and I thought he was great when they were doing the every job thing, but they've kind of dropped that. And then Chase U, I thought was great. I, I love Andre Chase. I think he's – I don't think he's slotted correctly. I think they do everything right with him in terms of his character and giving him TV time, and I think he's very entertaining – but he's kind of positioned as a setup guy. He's not really positioned as a serious wrestler who wins matches and challenges yeah. for titles. And I really do think they should be doing that because he's actually a pretty good wrestler on top of his entertainment value. Well, and in the grand scheme of things with WWE, NXT 2.0 is the least broken of the WWE properties. I think there's a couple streamlines they can make. I mean, they could put the title on Nikita Lyons and Tony D'Angelo. But aside from that, there's not a lot I would change week in and week out. I think it has the right balance of vignettes, promos. Um, um, that uh, JD, uh, is that JD McDonough? Uh, yeah. Dude, that tonight was A+. And the fact he did that live, I'm sure the popcorn guy was a plant. But that was phenomenal. Like NXT 2.0, feels fresher than anything else w and, and i'm gonna say this it feels fresher than what aew is doing because wow. with nxt 2.0 aew relies a lot on your knowledge of the indie scene being the yes. elite and the culture around aew a lot of the inside jokes nxt 2.0 is meant to be seen by fresh eyes they are the only in fact i'm gonna say this they are the only wrestling product that is actively i feel like trying to build new stars from scratch and bring in new eyeballs because you can watch NXT. And if you have zero familiarity with the NXT product, it is very welcoming. It's kind of like comic books. You know, they say if you're writing comic books, every comic book issue is somebody's first comic book. NXT mm. is the only wrestling show that I feel like is written. Like if this, this is your first time watching wrestling, it is a very welcoming environment. It's very easy to understand what's going on. You know who the characters are. You know what the storylines are. Um, it's very easy to get invested in NXT. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. it my two pieces NXT would be the experience level, which that could obviously change as these wrestlers get more experience because it, it does lead to subpar matches given the lack of experience. And then I think NXT sometimes throws a lot at you in terms of people mm -hmm. who are coming in. But when they do get their hands on a storyline, I do think they do do it better than uh, Raw would do or even SmackDown because SmackDown, as good of a product as SmackDown is, and they've got a lot of stars, a lot of times I do think they kind of phone it in, and they'll just run back to the same matches. There's never really a big angle on SmackDown or Raw, and I think that's what's missing from the main roster product is what NXT gives in that they'll have the thing with Cora Jade attacking Roxanne Perez, or they'll have a big angle that they're going to drive home. I like how they do that on NXT. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, I'd rather have too much new stuff going on all the time than see uh, Drew McIntyre versus the Brawling Brutes. Yeah, you know, or Shanky distracted because he's dancing for the fifth week in a row. Yeah. Like, give me new stuff. But uh, T. Smitty, three thousand, visiting my family in Alabama. And my mom's now a fan of Tony D'Angelo. Oh, yeah. WWE should make a shirt that says "The only diamond that lasts forever is Tony D." Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Yeah, yeah. Hide your mom from Tony D'Angelo, man. I don't even let my mom watch Tony D'Angelo because you know, then then I wouldn't have a dad anymore. She would leave him. So uh, Tony D'Angelo's uh, he's, he's the goat. There's a reason he's the goat. And I love to hear that. Roll Tide. 
So tonight we started NXT with Zoe Stark kicking off the show. Now I missed the last two episodes, uh, last two episodes of NXT, but I understand she won the the battle royal. Uh, she's gonna face Mandy Rose at Summer Heat, uh, the Summer Heat special that's coming up. Uh, heat, wave. Doing, heat wave, pardon me. Uh, heat wave, NXT Heat wave uh, that's coming up. They're doing that instead of a takeover. Uh, what did you think of her promo and Zoe? I mean, you don't think she's dethroning Mandy Rose, do you? I do not. I mean, the timing seems like it would be right, but just Zoe does not feel like the right person. And it was a weird payoff. We did talk about, me and Issa, how non-congruent the payoff was with all those QR codes. They did a good job building it up. Oh, well, yeah. What was that? Was that Zoe? That's what it was. Uh, it was Zoe. Her? But the whole Havoc thing or the five-letter Wordle does not line up to be Zoe. So, you know, shame on NXT for leading us down a red herring. But I thought Zoe's promo was fine. Her interaction with Cora J was a little awkward, but I don't see her as somebody who's going to beat Mandy Rose. But they're doing a good job building her up. They had her go over Gigi, and I think it's good to see her back. It's just they, they, here's one thing they're doing well. They are building up a lot of challenges for Mandy Rose. I'll say oh, that. yeah. Um, also, this further furthers the pattern that QR codes have never had a worthwhile payoff. <laughs> Let's just get rid of them. I mean, QR codes, it's useful if you're trying to give someone a guest Wi-Fi password. But aside from I, that, maybe if you're at one of those restaurants where they don't give you the menu, but you do that and look at it in your phone. But aside from that, is the juice worth the squeeze? No, and they can never, you know, I don't know if it's because of my Android phone, but I have to have them perfectly centered in order to, for it to read it and bring up whatever's going on. And you know what I think would have been cool is if they put the QR code on the Titantron and the fans got to find out who it was and then they could react accordingly. Hmm. That would be interesting. Uh, this promo is okay. I mean, look, Nikita versus Mandy. That's the match. That's the match at the next takeover. That's where Mandy drops it. I think a month from now, Toxic Attraction is going to have all the belts again. Uh, in that tag team tournament, I think they're the favorites to win, which is, I don't understand why they dropped the titles. Cora turned heel, threw it in the trash. Toxic's going to win them back. I mean, that's a little wonky, but, um, yeah, I think Toxic Attraction gets one more run. That's a hurrah. And then it's off to the main roster and Nikita Lyons is your new NXT women's champ. I can see that. I, I can definitely see Nikita Lyons being the one to dethrone Mandy Rose, and I would love to see it. Uh, real quick from Dylan Matthews, friend of the show, saying that Havoc is referenced to Halloween Havoc, her last appearance since comeback. Well, this is what you were talking about with AEW, and that they try to rely on fans' knowledge of the Too product deep. for deep level. It's like, who was thinking about that? I've but, run wait. an alternate reality game before, and I've built puzzles to be uh, solved by people, and you have to learn that you almost need to communicate your way of thinking and writing a puzzle. And it's very easy to make something that only you could figure out because nobody else has your beautiful mind, esoteric connections on them. Yes. You know, the best answer still to the eight, 10, 11 was Trent seven because seven, eight, nine, that would have been the best answer <laughs> to that puzzle of eight, 10, 11. <laughs> um, but okay. So Zoe Stark's back. Cora, I like heel Cora Jade. You know what? It like, uh, it gave her some extra swagger and maturity. She doesn't look like a kid anymore. 
Yeah, I like her too. And she seems much more comfortable in that role of being a heel. It's very hard being a babyface, especially if you're a blank slate like poor Jade kind of was. And especially if you fall off a skateboard the first time you walk out there and your gimmick is a skateboard gimmick because these wrestling fans won't forgive you and they can't let anything go. So she kind of struggled as a babyface, but seems very comfortable in that heel role. And I do think that as she gets more time on the mic, she's really going to excel as a heel. Yeah. Uh, but these were good promos. This was a uh, exciting way to start off the show. We got Tony D backstage. Uh, Grayson Waller, that promo. I don't love Grayson Waller, uh, but that promo he cut, like talking to the camera, talking about Wesley, uh, that was really good. Oh, and then uh, Toxic Attraction showed up uh, during Zoe Stark's promo and set up uh, Gigi Dolan versus Zoe in the main event tonight. So there's a lot going on. This was a hot open to the show. Um yeah, I definitely was not bored. What did you think of Grayson Waller versus Wes Wesley Lee? I thought it was a fine match. It was the finish was very wonky because it was Trick Williams, but I didn't know that until they didn't even mention who it was when he got knocked out by somebody on the outside. And then at the end, after they showed the replay, then finally they had Trick Williams standing tall over Wesley. So I'm fine with whatever that ends up being. Uh, but it looks like the second most dangerous place to be, because it's obviously that NXT parking lot is a war zone. You know, you don't want to oh, be anywhere yeah. near that parking lot. But the second most dangerous place to be is outside of that ring, because whether it's Zion Quinn or Trick Willie, somebody's always lurking around trying to hit somebody and knock them out. So I would stay away from the outside of the NXT ring. If I'm writing for NXT, I'm pitching we're going to have a new character that's the NXT parking lot security guard who's also going to wrestle. That'd be amazing. Be, well, RIP to the big boss man, so it couldn't be him, but it could be like a rehash of the big boss man gimmick, whether it's yeah. the shield version or the old school, you know, security cop version. Yeah, it should be one of those security guards that really wants to be an officer, but couldn't for some reason, like didn't pass the drug test. So like he talks in all the police code and everything. And they're like, oh, you went to police academy? I was like, no, I just, you know, they, they wouldn't take me. Like we could do a really deep gimmick with this. Really I know when you go to be a policeman, I know you have to go to every single class. And if you miss any of those classes for any reason, they say you can't be a policeman and they take your license away or whatnot and you can't graduate. So maybe it could just be somebody who went to all the classes but one. And so now he's relegated to a career of parking lot security. I'm telling you, be a hell of a gimmick. Uh, and they could certainly use it there. Um, so... Uh, yeah, Grayson Waller won after that interference. Joe Gacy backstage with the dyad. Now, was this Grizzle Young veterans? Did they, yeah, uh, yes. that who these guys are? And they look, especially the bald one. I don't know who the bald one was. Is that James Drake? But looks completely different. And they both kind of look very different. No more beards, no more facial hair. And now they are the dyad. They are members of a cult. And I, I need to see at some point some Kool-Aid with this thing. This is so Bowl dumb. of Kool-Aid. This is so dumb that like I, I don't enjoy watching it, but I respect that they put that they have a national two hour slot on cable and they're like, we're going to put this Hills Have Eyes reject MFers out here with Joe Gacy doing his wide eyed crazy shtick talking about Cameron Grimes' daddy issues. Which, by the way, if that's what they were saying about Braun and they have a camera, why don't they just make Joe Gacy like a Freudian therapist or something? Who's out there? Why are they going with the, the woke cult leader thing? 
Uh, because this gimmick has gotten away from them, and now they're just kind of taking pieces of what they wanted to do and putting them all together. They're like tripling down on what was already a bad gimmick. So now it's – I don't think there's any saving this. Grizzled Young Vets are very good wrestlers, so they'll be better at wrestling without having to wear the hoods. But, I mean, I, I don't know what, they, what they're doing with this. The cult leader thing is interesting. It's just that I really don't understand – <laughs> what the shift was with Joe Gacy going from woke to this cult. They didn't do a good job illustrating why he's now cult leader. Well, they got rid of road dog. So they couldn't figure someone that could write a parody of what <laughs> road dog thought liberal culture was from Kane's Twitter feed. <laughs> that, that's the character should be just like Glenn Jacobs. The character, it should, should be he, every week. He should have a exact quote of something that Glenn Jacobs tweeted. Then this thing would be on fire. It would be really good. I think I think that's uh, the key. But no, Joe Gacy. I mean, this is a train wreck. This is um, I, I don't even want to say it's the worst thing in NXT because the worst thing in NXT is something that's just boring and stupid and that you don't want to talk about. Like um, oh, like what's his face? Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, dude with Robert Stone. Ah, oh, Von Wagner. Von Wagner. Von Wagner's just like, whatever. I don't want to talk about Von Wagner. Joe Gacy is so dumb that you have to give them credit for like, just it's, it's a, it's, it's a belly flop as opposed to someone just doing like a mediocre dive into a pool. It's like entering a diving competition and saying, I'm going to do the cannonball. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really, if they're going to go this cult leader direction, they really need to watch these Netflix documentaries about the religious cult leaders. There's a couple of them out right now that are, pretty fire that uh, go into how crazy these people are. They need to make it more like that and less like a cartoon character. Speaking of that, did we ever get in wrestling like a good DB Cooper gimmick where the wrestler like made you believe they were DB Cooper, you know, the mystery man behind the, uh, the plane hijacking in the seventies. Oh no. We get that. No. Yeah. Like there should be a cat wrestling character. that's like, it might be DB Cooper. You follow the DB Cooper story much? You're a little young I've, for this. I've heard, you know, yeah, I, I know the name. I don't know the exact details of the story, but uh... there are a million documentaries. So this guy hijacked a plane, asked for some money, peaceful as peaceful as a hijacking could be. He was just a man in a suit and sunglasses, got on the plane, parachuted out of the plane with the money, was never found. The money was never recovered, and nobody knows who this guy is. And wow. there, and I was thinking about because you said the cult documentary. There been a hundred documentaries about db cooper and this is how every documentary goes like we've got a stunning new theory that might reveal the truth about db cooper and then it always ends with but we'll never be sure you know <laughs> and it's always like some half-baked lead like there's like six new documentaries that come out every year about db cooper and they tell you absolutely nothing so yeah. it seems like this would have been a good wrestling gimmick wow. you know so they got to protect themselves legally so they're probably just making it up at this point and then saying that we'll never know is the protection like saying allegedly yeah, it's just. Well, I'm looking so, at TB Cooper. It sounds very interesting. Yeah, uh, so it's it's a fascinating story, but the documentaries are terribly frustrating. Uh, so back to the NXT, we got Apollo Cruz versus Zion Quinn in a very short match. Yeah, I don't even think Apollo Cruz got an entrance. I was a little nervous here, and then he won. But what's funny is that they're building him up like he wins again. Wow, he's just back to his winning ways, and he's on this win streak. And it's like he just lost, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago, maybe to um, Vici. Vinny, uh, you know, I, I always I just say Vici. I don't know what the full name is. Uh, Clonio Castagnoli. Let's go with that. But he lost <laughs> to that guy. 
And now they're all of a sudden serious about him again. And they want us to be serious about him, even though they're not really presenting him in these recent weeks as somebody who's a contender. But I guess they're back heating him up. He's kind of like uh, Vici is uh, kind of like a bootleg maximum male models at this point. That's the first thing I thought about when I even saw his entrance. It's very similar font. Uh, they might have too many model gimmicks, but given the fact that Max Dupree might have been forced out of maximum male models, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to them canceling that and just using all their model gimmicks for Vici. Yeah. Um, so we had Gigi Dolan versus Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark won this pretty easily. JC Jane attacked after, uh, core Jade hit the ring and hit Stark with a kendo stick. This is good. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Yeah. The building up uh, Stark. Wendy. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to get us invested, but I just don't, I just don't see her winning. Uh, Wendy choose dreaming about Tiffany Strand's attacks and Wendy kind of woke up and, uh, had a bit of a heel turn. I kind of got that too, that it was a little darker. It was it was more of a nightmare, Glenn. So maybe that's going to be the heel gimmick is that Wendy Chu's just going to have one nightmare after another. Maybe she needs a CPAP. Maybe she's got untreated sleep apnea. Oh, yeah. And we could see her go to a doctor's office and talk about it and get diagnosed. And I, then I get outspoke. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to see her actual nightmares. If this is where this is going, I need to see some of these Wendy Chu nightmares, not just about the wrestling product. I want to see what scares her fundamentally as a human being. Maybe that'll get her to really connect as a heel. It's a shame NBC Universal owns Chucky and not Nightmare on Elm Street. Because there's a great, great tie in there. If they did it right. You know? Maybe. Yeah. I, I kind of got what? what I kind of got heel vibes, but I don't think this would be a good heel character. Just like, I, I like, maybe the vignettes would be good as a heel, the nightmares and whatnot, but. I don't know what they would do with this Wendy Chu character as a wrestler to make her a heel. I think it'd be very ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, look, Wendy Chu in the onesie and the sleep gimmick isn't already yeah. ridiculous. We have, we, we have to protect the credibility and sanctity of Wendy Chu, Alfred. We can't, we can't go and make this a comedy thing. It's very, very serious gimmick. She's going to be menacing in a onesie. Right? <laughs> what do bad Dude, people sleep in? That... <laughs> I, I don't know uh, the, the raw, uh, but uh, no, I think um, I think uh, interesting idea. Like I had this idea. Okay. So if I make a horror movie, I was trying to think about like, what haven't we seen with the killer, you know, like with, with like uh, the boogeyman type character. And so I was like, I know it's a killer that's got like googly eyes and then puts googly eyes on all his victims. So you see the corpse, but you see the googly eyes and you're kind of like, well, I can't help but laugh, but this is wrong because that's a dead body. That's unique. I have to say, like a murderer in a onesie, that might even take the cake. That might even be better. That's how you reboot Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy yes. Krueger in a onesie. Let's make death whimsical. I like that. <laughs> I was watching this movie. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking this. It's like uh, this uh, the snowman. Or something. It's it's like uh, it takes place in Norway, and the the killer like decapitates people and sticks a big snowman head on their corpse. So every time you f see the dead body, you're like, oh, that's gross. But also, that looks really ridiculous that there's this big snowman head on the dead body. You know, like I feel. I think it's called the snowman. Yeah, I think it's called the snowman. It's a terrible movie, but that was like the one good thing about it. I'm actually looking at pictures. I don't know about yeah. you, man. These are kind of creep me out. I... <laughs> <laughs> a picture of a snowman. Maybe it's because the first one had like coal eyes on it. I mean, it looked like frosty. It looked like a frosty <laughs> head on top of a dead body. Like a and I was like, snowman. okay, that's, 
but it's not a comedy. It's like a really serious, dark, gritty uh, movie starring Michael Fassbender and Val Kilmer's in it. Um, I think in one of his last speaking roles, he, but he might be overdubbed. Uh, but yeah, so I think uh, Wendy Chu in the onesie, menacing, terrorizing people, haunting their dreams. That's what we need. We need Wendy Chu to invade Tiffany Stratton's dreams. I want to see Tiffany Stratton's nightmares. Like she's shopping and her credit card gets declined. <gasps> Oh God! She Terrific. finds out that like her Kate Spade bag is like a bootleg, you know. <laughs> she goes into Beverly Hills and realizes she's in Watts. <laughs> Tiffany Stratton gets canceled unintentionally. <laughs> it's very Larry David esque. Something she said got taken wildly out of context. <laughs> you know. No, this would be fun. This, you know, what? I like that idea of Wendy Chu being somebody who invades people's nightmares. They, they might as well just go all the way and make it as goofy and, uh, you know, 4D as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Triple H, just put us in charge of NXT. Yeah. I think I think we can fix we can fix this show and make it even better. Got some exciting. We've got some exciting ideas. You know, what? we're going to move it to Wednesday. We're going to get your win back. Triple H That's what we're going to do. J.D. McDonough tonight. Holy shit, this promo was fantastic. Is this his first time speaking to the crowd? This was, no, this is not his first time speaking to the crowd because he had that segment with Cameron Grimes. Uh, okay. and he's had a couple of talking segments. Oh, that's right. I that's really right. liked this segment as, you know, in an idea. And I thought he was fine talking. There's, there might be a little something missing in terms of charisma-wise and getting people excited. But I liked what he did with this segment. This was like Debbie Downer. That he was out there and he's like, oh, you're eating popcorn. And I thought he was going to diss the guy and just was going to be the lazy, like, oh, you're fat or whatever. But instead he was like, you're eating popcorn. You better be careful. One wrong bite, one wrong breath. You're choking on that. And boom, RIP. Oh, a hammer. See, I thought he was going to threaten to like hit the guy with a hammer. And he's like, no, you do that wrong. You could really mess up your hand if you hit that hammer. <laughs> this was brilliantly written. And Jordan Devlin, who before I was like, eh, whatever, he did such a good job with this. This this is a very original character. I mean, except they ripped off Debbie Downer. Uh, but him being like the negative probability guy who's telling you everything that can go wrong, this is a very fresh gimmick, one of the best new gimmicks I've seen in a long time. And this just, you know, for as much as we give shit to NXT about some of the staleness of some other gimmicks, Tiffany Stratton, Tony D'Angelo, Wendy Chu, now J.D. McDonough, like when they get something right, it's the freshest, most original thing in all of professional wrestling. Yeah, and there's also a sadistic quality to him where he's focused in on the joints and your muscles and all the ways that you could break your hand and whatnot. He had that exchange with Wade Barrett where he shook his hand and said, the calluses on your hand will make your bones yeah. nice and soft. So that's really cool that he seems to have a specific knowledge about all of these joint problems you can have. And then he's incorporating it into a Debbie Downer character saying like, you know, I wouldn't do that if I was you. I want to see him on a date. I want to see like... They should have him on a date and then just telling this date all the things that can go wrong. You know, if you eat that bread a certain way, your jaw is going to break. Yeah, or just be like, you know, uh, one in 50% of Americans have diabetes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just can't help but notice the sugar you're ingesting. Like just giving the unsolic the worst unsolicited advice that just like makes people want to punch him in the face. And then in the ring, he could be like, hey, I notice uh, this rolling Yoshi tonic you're doing. You know, you do that wrong. You're in a wheelchair for life, buddy. You really gotta <laughs> gotta wrestle safer, you know. And then after the match, can be like backstage to the guy he defeats. It'd be like, you want to put some icy hot on that? Here, let me help. And then just continue to bum him out while he's like consoling the guy who he just beat. I love that. 
I'm just picturing him rubbing icy hot on somebody and then telling them all the things that can go wrong. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm feeling something here. It might be a pinch or It could be a blood caught. Very deadly. Very deadly if left untreated. <laughs> you know, this icy hot in certain parts of your body is going to hurt extra yeah. bad. Be careful. Do not touch this and then uh, rub your junk because you might just think a little touch. But let me tell you, you're going to be paying for it all night. Gonna want to stay away from the tip of this icy hot. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure, many a young man made that mistake in their uh, formative exploratory years. It's one uh, hell of a prank, I'll tell you that. It's a great prank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but so JD McDonough, you are our NXT 2.0 performer of the week. This is a brilliant gimmick. Uh, your delivery was uh, just perfection, and I hope they keep this going. NXT 2.0 Performer of the Week. I believe that's a first. So uh, congratulations, J.D. McDonough. And Braun Breaker came out and he had like, you know, break everyone or something. I'm sure, but it had two Ks because he's edgy because he's Braun Breaker. Got to get that extra K in there. That's what, that's what the kids need. And someone backstage was like, what about three Ks? Isn't that edgy or no, no, two Ks? <laughs> oh, well, it's edgy, but uh, <laughs> it's the wrong type of edgy. <laughs> hey, why not make Braun Breaker... I, I say he feuds with Apollo Crews, and then one night you see an extra K in his name. Just they don't even make Damn. mention of it. It's just you see it on the lower third, and you're like, "Wait a minute, is there?" You know that typo was going to happen at some point. <laughs> and then somebody's going to like screenshot just the K's, and then you know, you know yeah, it's going it to be bad. It's going to be bad. Okay, so but here's the thing. NXT, you have all these great characters, and Braun Breaker, very good wrestler, very good look. Uh like his character that's the problem you can't have ron breaker feud with guys who every guy he feuds with is more charismatic and interesting than he is well i think you kind of have to have at least a character that has something going for them like joe gacy's the wrong example of this but at least he had a bunch of different moving parts he had the dyad he had the schism there's all the stuff that you could work with there just needs to be a good version of that hopefully jd mcdonough is a good version of that but braun breaker and the way he's presented is just like your basic milquetoast baby face doesn't get to say anything particularly profound he's just this blue collar badass where yeah. there's one dimension to him and this is a lot of how he's presented so he needs people who have different dimensions and layers almost like how because batman was my favorite comic growing up batman was not or bruce wayne batman whatever you say not most interesting person in the world hmm. but the villains he faced off i know there's depth and stuff like that and i love batman i'm not besmirching his name but the villains of batman were really what made it two-face harvey dent and all, all the layers there and the penguin and the joker and the riddler like the better the villain the better uh, the batman comic and i i feel like braun breaker has those qualities braun breaker is no batman no or lack thereof you know i, I just i'm just saying he's kind of one-dimensional as a as a hero and you need braun breaker's not even hawkman like in in the superhero, I'm trying to think like who's the most generic ass busted DC Nightcrawler. What oh, Nightcrawler's awesome, dude. What he's Nightcrawler. all right. He's Catholic and he has issues because he looks like a demon. Like Nightcrawler's a deep character, dude. Never a Nightcrawler guy. I never saw the appeal of Nightcrawler. Oh, no, I love Nightcrawler. Uh, very misunderstood. But um, but the thing with the problem breaker though is yeah, it's um. He talks like when you're playing my rise in a WWE game, like your journey mode, and they have to give you generic lines that could fit any character like that's Braun Breaker. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. 
and I, I'm not blaming him. I just don't think that they do much with him. I just don't think they give him because he's no. got fire. He, he, he could be. I would rather see him ripping off Scott Steiner than Rick Steiner. I mean, they, they have yes. him dressing like his um, his dad and stuff like that. But like his uncle is worried because he sounds like Scott Steiner. You give him a bleached beard, you know, the big pop of punk gimmick, and it's off to the races. I think he could pull it off. Yeah, it's it's like he was focus grouped where it's like, well, we can't have him offend or alienate anyone, so we're just gonna go out there and have him do his thing. He's the focus group world champion. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, I think when we ranked the champions, I think he was like the second, like like right above Dolph as like very low, the worst or the least good NXT champion. Uh, Steve Marcucci, Buck ninety nine with Triple H and Power. Do you see Karrion Cross returning or coming back? I really don't. I do see maybe a small handful of people who are on the outs who are Triple H guys coming back. But if I'm carrying Cross, I'm not going anywhere near WWE. I would not want to return there. I would not trust it. I just felt like between the final days in NXT and being on the main roster, it was just such a collapse and a failure. He just needs a new change of scenery. And before he comes back to WWE, I think he needs to prove that he can be a top guy somewhere else, which I think he can, whether it's an MLW, whether uh, control your narrative, I don't know where he would go, but he needs to go somewhere and show that he is a value before he goes back to WWE and not just go back there blind because that character was just put right into the ground. And he might be the worst call up of all time. Like if all things considered, he might be number one worst call up I've ever seen. Do you think uh, WWE acquires control your narrative and makes them a faction? Oh, you see? Now, now we're talking about being edgy. I, I think that would they should. Be edgy. Yes, and Joe Gacy can feud with them. <laughs> he can cancel them. Yes, yes. Allison Tuckbob, 499, has it been good since Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, and Nikon doesn't seem to be different. Characters, I mean, we're not going to see anything till after SummerSlam at the earliest. Yeah, I, I really don't think we're going to see anything too different. That When we see the differences, it's funny because I think they're going to be small differences, but I think they're going to make the product infinitely better. I think the differences are going to be you're going to see more coherent storylines. You're going to see less rematches. Maybe people will get their names back. But I think they're going to be small changes that are going to make – I think the commentary is going to be a lot better in terms of you're not going to get Vince screaming in people's headsets. You're not going to get this – you're going to still get some of the WWE terminology – but like it's so over the top when Vince was in charge that it made it seem fake, like they're almost speaking another language. I think we're gonna get more of people saying WWE fans, people saying belts and whatnot. Do you think we're gonna have some leaked Vince McMahon tapes that come out of him in the commentary's ear or him in a writer's meeting? And it's gonna be like Casey Kasem having that breakdown, that tape where he just cursed out out everyone for playing the song dedication uh, to a dead dog coming out of an upbeat song. Yes, I, I really, I feel like we would have had it by now, but I would love something like that or even leaked footage of like if there's a camera backstage where people go backstage after they screwed up some segment and Vince just like screams at somebody at Gorilla. Like that's the content that if Peacock wants to stop losing money and they want to get their money's worth out of this WWE Network deal, they need to directly tell WWE as a directive, you need a camera in Gorilla position where Vince was around or the leaked audio of Vince McMahon screaming at the announcers on the headset. Kelvin Alexander, $5. Keanu James was the superstar of the night. The presentation of hers was dripping, was dripping with petty, and I'm here for it. Yeah, it was good. Uh, took from the Drew Gulak playbook. So I think she did a good job with the material she was given. And I like that they're using all the education she has to make this part of her gimmick. Uh, Nathan Frazier is back. Contain your excitement. Uh, recap of Axiom's debut. 
you, which I missed last week. The recap made it look awesome. It, it really wasn't. I mean, it was just paint by the numbers. He's a striker. I didn't learn anything about the guy. The, the, the visuals that they're using and the production of this character is pretty good, but. I think you don't learn anything because Axiom should be teaching us math. He should exactly. I didn't learn how to. I didn't learn anything about geometry or your, you know, Pythagoras theorem. Yeah, I think that would be solid. Could come out and recite, see how many digits of pi he could get through. Uh, Roxanne Perez brought, and I knew they were going to do this. Brought Alundra Blaze to retrieve the tag team titles out of the trash. Now I thought Alundra was going to partner with Perez temporarily and they'd be champions. I don't understand why they have to, why uh, Perez has to re-win this championship just because Cora Dre- Jade dropped it. So we're going to have this fatal four-way tag team elimination match next week. I'm glad you said that, Glenn, because until they announced what was happening, I assumed that that's what they were going to do, is that Alundra Blaze was going to team up with Roxanne yeah. Perez, which I thought was amazing. She looks good. When she took those belts out, it was funny because she was like, these titles deserve to have champions who are going to fight. So next week, there's going to be a completely different set of challengers, and it has nothing to do with either of them. And I was like, wait, what? So like, they're not going to – she gets the title stripped of her because of her partner? Who's who's Roxanne teaming with next week? Nobody. She's not even in She's that not even matchup. In She's done. Her partner threw it away, and she's like, okay, I don't need – which I think makes these belts look worse. That's One of the partners threw it away. The other one doesn't even want it. So why the hell should I care about these titles that are being on the line? They're going to do the uh, Faraz and Valentina, and then it's Toxic Attraction, Caden Carter, and Ch- Chance. And then there's one more that I'm forgetting. Uh, oh, it's Ivy Nile. And uh, Tatum they, Triple H and Steph need to get a Brinks truck over to Sasha Banks's house and Naomi's house and get them back to spoil this and have this be one unified tag team championship across all divisions. I hope Sasha that's what they, do. The I, they They really only need, and it's, you know, people get caught up in all this equality that because they have tag team titles on the men, they should have them on the women. Really, there aren't enough women to have all these tag team titles. And if you had one pair of tag team titles that you could defend in NXT and on the main roster, it would be more than enough to have a really good division of women chasing those titles. Yeah. And going between shows makes all the sense in the world. Um, Giovanni Vinci versus Andre Chase. Giovanni got a pretty easy, uh, pretty easy win. I feel like Chase was kind of waning a little bit. Well, I thought he was the most overthink on the show, especially yeah. that stomp that he does where they're chanting Chase U. But if it is waning, it's because he always loses. But we have we've had so many good vignettes with him um, that you ca- like he's one you have to keep keep it fresh. Yeah, and, and I feel like coming out of Chase, you the person they're excited about is a, is a woman that uh, I can't I can't remember her name, but the she's like Bam Bam, she's like really strong, and I like Bodie yeah. too, but they seem like Bam like, Bam, yeah. like Bam Bam from the Flintstones, yes, not Bam Bam Bigelow. Like no, Bam. no, not Bam. <laughs> She'll have to shave her head and get a tattoo on her face to do that, but uh, and maybe she could do a flying headbutt. I don't know. I'm not going to judge. Okay, what did you think of Indy Hartwell versus Ariana Grace? It was there. It was, uh, it was there. That's all it was. It was a say. match. Uh, Von Wagner and Mr. Stone respond to Solo Sokoa's challenge. Solo had a vignette early. I mean, this is, Solo needs to get called up, man. This is too, this is going on too long. Yeah, he can get called up where he can maybe challenge for one of the titles. But him and Von Wagner, I just, I just want to see them fighting everywhere. If they're going to do these brawling, I've never cared yeah. more about Von Wagner than when he's brawling with Solo Sokoa. So that's what I want to see him doing all across WWE, AEW, control your narrative. I need them fighting everywhere. 
I was going to say Von Wagner's never going to get over, and I was going to compare him to one of those NXT lifers that just sticks around until they get quietly released five years on. And I was trying to think of one, and I was like, oh, I can't even think of one because that's how forgettable these guys are. <laughs> but, there, but there have been many of them. Like for every Tyler Breeze who eventually gets over with the right gimmick, like there's a lot of them that are just there, and then you're like, oh, yeah, they're still under contract. Yeah. Yeah, there's – um. I was trying to think who was it that returned. I can't even remember. Oh, oh no, it was um, Robert Roode recently. I mean, he hasn't returned or anything like that, but it's like one of those things where it's like he's not on the roster. Wow. And then when you do see him, you're like, oh, that's right. Robert Roode. But he was like an NXT guy and at his peak, he was like, he was like so over. He was huge. Yeah. He was so over. Vaughn's never had that. Vaughn needs the right gimmick. And Robert Stone has become like kryptonite. I mean, Robert Stone is good. He's very talented. He's a good manager. It's just that it doesn't seem like they're as into him now. Dylan Matthews is saying Von Wagner is the male Aaliyah. Um, yeah. There we go. He's uh, nice. But Robert Stone was so hyped that it was kind of like how uh, Bivens was hyped. It was like, oh, we just wait till this guy gets on the mic. Wait till you see what he can do. And they gave, they've given Robert Stone more mic time and more of a chance than they ever gave Malcolm Bivens. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just not It's just not paying off yet. Um, but let's talk about Keanu James in the slideshow about Nikita Lyons. Did we ever find out what band Nikita Lyons' dad was in? No, she just said that her dad was a rock star and her mom was a groupie. We got to find this out. We have to get to the bottom of this. What if it's like a huge, what if the reason she's hiding it is because like her dad is like Bono or something and she doesn't want to. <laughs> Probably not that. Well, but I was trying to figure out the timeline because Nikita's not that old. So if we were talking about um, her dad looks like hair metal era, but, or, but maybe like late hair metal, maybe like Trickster or Snyder or Great White. Now, see, I don't think it twists his sister. I'm thinking like the tail end of hair metal, okay. like uh, like uh, when it was just, you know, they, they just run it. Maybe it was like in the touring version of Rat or something, not an original member, but he, you know, toured with them in the 90s. I don't know. But uh, anyhow, this PowerPoint exposed Nikita for her past and her lack of class and uh, intelligence. I mean, this is a good feud for Nikita to win before she challenges Mandy for that title. Definitely. And I'm glad they're giving Keanu James a character. I- I'm into this. Yeah. It's Ever funny come- because Keanu James is talking about like Nikita Lyons, look at her barely wearing any clothes. If you go on to Keanu James's <laughs> Instagram right now, I mean, she's not wearing my clothes either. From what I heard, you know, from what I heard that uh, Keanu James's Instagram is, <laughs> Very scantily clad. <laughs> From what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. This is just what I hear. Yeah. Um, so, but this this was a good promo. This is my favorite Keanu James promo so far. Uh, and then Alba Fire and Last Legend, which I think is going to be good. I think it's going to be a good match. Uh, it'll be a, a tall order for uh, Alba Fire because just because of the inexperience. But I, I love Lash Legend in these segments. I think that she's got it. And she's already there with promos and characters and confidence talking. Uh, so it's just going to take some more ring time, which that comes with the territory. So uh, in the main event tonight, Tony D'Angelo and the family, much like P. Diddy and the family, uh, took yeah. on Diamond Mine um, for a match that went over uh, time-wise. Now, uh, what did you think of this, this main event? I liked it. I thought it was very solid. I liked the stories we're telling with the diamond mind. I, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was very, I thought it was the best match of the show, actually. I thought it was fun. 
It's good. As a main event, it was a little lackluster. I mean, I like Tony D, and I like him giving him the main event spot, but I thought for going over. And then we had the Lundra Blaze in the parking lot after, where you think, oh, my God, what's going to happen? This is going over. is going to be a big surprise. But no, it was just her getting into it with Toxic Attraction a little bit. Um, yeah, I think uh, the show maybe peaked a little early. Just by the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm ready to wrap this up and go home. Yeah, this did go long in terms of uh, uh, the match. And, you know, they had the angle where Roderick Strong accidentally hit, I believe it was Julius Creed. Julius had an amazing comeback. That, that, that might have, I might have a recency bias because the match was very long and maybe I didn't enjoy the entire match, but I really loved this comeback toward the end. I thought it was great. Okay. Yeah, Diamond Line's good. It's just kind of, you know. Yeah, they're about to break up. So it, it's it's probably coming next week, to be honest. Wow, next week. There you go. That was NXT. An enjoyable, enjoyable episode. I heard I missed two really good weeks, though. I'm assuming tonight yes. was not as good. It was two really good weeks, especially the week where they attacked Roxanne Perez. I thought they did a good job building up that story throughout the entire night. They did the old Dusty Rhodes thing where everybody who cut a promo that night mentioned the attack, so it made it seem like a bigger deal. I like shows like that. I enjoy NXT. This flew by tonight. It was good. I made some dinner, made some uh, tofu tacos Ooh. with kale, which which I just, as I said that, I wanted to punch myself in the face. That's the most <laughs> stereotypical vegan thing. I made some tofu tacos with kale, and they were quite lovely. Um, I tweeted this the other day, but do you do this? Do you cook a lot? Not, no, I, I, I prepare a lot. I don't cook. I put things in ovens and microwaves and okay, okay. survive. Well, I plate my food before I eat it, whether I'm cooking for myself or someone else. And like, it's a bad byproduct of watching cooking shows because I'll start talking to the imaginary camera and audience at home. And I'll just be like, just there, a little bit of black cumin seed on top. Doesn't that look lovely? And perfection. You know? <laughs> that could be a podcast. You could just, uh, you could yeah. just hit record on your phone. Oh, my pickled red onions with them. I'm like, look at that. Adding some nice color to the dish. We've got the greens of the kale, the pink of the pickled red onion against the tofu and the tortilla, this is going to be excellent. The cadence that you're using to describe your cooking kind of sounds like a Bob Ross type deal where you're <laughs> making love to the food. I'm very passionate about my cooking. <laughs> you know? I like it. Uh, Talk about good documentaries you need to watch. You need to watch that Bob Ross documentary. I think it's really? kind of sad but because um, he was taken advantage of. But in terms of his company and in terms of... Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I was gonna... No, no, not, uh, not in a... Not okay, hashtag, I, I, not I, I, a Wall Street Journal type way, but okay, uh, in, God, God. no, but it's 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 a really cool story in terms of Bob Ross and this stuff that went on. Cool, I'll have to check it out. I got I got such a backlog of things to watch, and it's it's that paralysis through analysis where I sit down and I'm like, wife's out of town. I can watch anything I want right now. But then I start doing this. I'm like, this looks interesting. Oh no, I should save that till she's back. She might enjoy this too. You know, so like I, I start trying to just I start trying to figure out like what does my wife have zero interest in watching that I want to watch by myself and just have like, you know, time with the cats, maybe have a good cry. Mm. Uh, but instead I end up just like going on YouTube and watching like, uh, uh, like uh, back to the future, like comic book convention panels where they're just up there talking about behind the scenes of back to the future or watching YouTube videos. That I've seen a million times before. I'd love to see your YouTube search history. It's we very should... weird today. And the cats, the cats without my wife here, feeling alone during the day so when i want to go work and have the door closed i've been putting on nature videos like just eight hours of a countryside video mm. to put down the tv with the sound to give them like the presence of you know something going on and someone there 
Hey, okay, so you say you have cats. I just learned that this was a thing. Are your cats bonded cats? Is that what they're called? When yeah, they're I told you about this. I told you about this. I told you. You're the one who told this. me. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. A bonded <laughs> pair. A bonded pair. Okay, you're the one who told me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Stuart and yeah, Simon yeah. are bonded. They've spent their. I don't. They're not related. Uh, one of them's older than the other one, but they grew up in the same household together. And I kid you not, like they sleep on top of each other. They're into a little bit of rough trade where one of them's like biting the other one's neck, and like it's they got a thing going on, and that's fine. Um uh but yeah like if one of them is in the other room because simon has some uh, medical issues so if i need to tend to simon like Stuart's freaking out like where's simon where's simon what's going on like they have a weird codependency with each other that they've had their entire life it's very fascinating to watch this behavior it's very different than how normal cats behave because most cats are pretty solo animals they like to be isolated they like to be alone but a bonded pair like oh no they are in a lifetime like love affair and codependency with each other. That's sweet. Yeah, it's very, it's very nice to watch. I posted a good photo of them on Twitter the other day. But yeah, they're always just like sleeping right on top of each other. It's crazy. Because we have two of our other cats are actually brother and sister. And they can take or leave the other one. Like they're like occasionally they'll like play wrestle or clean each other. But for the most part, like they are fine. They don't even care about the other one. And they just steer clear, you know. And these two are were litter mates. And they don't care about each other. There's very a, weird. There's a, a lady in the waiting room who gets very sad when I'm not around. So I, I see there you go. Relate, you, know? you understand. Um, yeah, it's weird too. Like having the wife gone first day or two, it's like risky business time. Got the house to myself. <laughs> turn it, turn it up. Stay up late. Do whatever I want. And after two days, it's like oh, I kind of miss having her around. You know, it's like oh, when he coming sweet. back. Like yeah, like <laughs> this, this this is this has run its course. You know, so. We'll see, but it's good. Um, yeah. And then uh, with, with the wrestling, it's nice. So tomorrow night I'm doing the AEW podcast. For oh, exciting. Oh, it, I look forward to it. Uh, am I going to prepare and brush up on AEW to make sure I can cover it credibly? Absolutely no. not. Going cold. <laughs> That'll be an honest review because then as somebody who – because AEW does – as we were talking about this podcast, they do assume that people already know a lot of these knowledge. So if you go in there cold, then you'll be able to bring up whenever they go over your head with something. Um. Oh, I should tease this. So I don't know when it's going to come out, but I'm recording it this week with a very old friend of mine. This hasn't been announced yet, but soon there will be the most personal podcast I have ever done. That is about retro and the early nineties and some of my personal experiences in a former career with a very good friend of mine. And it's going to be launching probably in the next week. So stay tuned to my Twitter for that. Uh, yeah. If you're a fan of retro stuff, I think you're really going to get a kick out of this show. It's been a long time in the making, but it's a chance to finally sort of document uh, my, my memoir as it were. Uh, very excited about this. Yeah. I think this is going to be good. I think it's gonna be a really, really fun project. Um, and then summer slams this weekend, Friday, we've got everything going on with the go home show. I think, I think it's just you and me Friday. Cause yeah, East is actually going to be out and at SummerSlam. Yes. Uh, and then we are not, I'm not covering SummerSlam. Are you covering SummerSlam? Yes. Me and Justin are back together again for the SummerSlam show. And then we can't forget July 31st, Ric Flair's last match. It's oh, that's right. Fun. Ah, so it's going to be a busy week in the world of wrestling. Everybody have fun. Take care. Uh, oh, lastly, were, did anything uh, pop you in the Comic-Con announcements over the weekend? 
Uh, not necessarily. I'm gonna have to uh, catch up and see some more of this. There's nothing that no, not nothing that comes to mind that really got me going. What about you? I like the Wakanda Forever trailer. I thought yeah. that was very well done. I didn't see uh, that. Yeah, that was excited that we're getting Namor. We're getting the Submariner in the Marvel Universe. I think yeah. that's going to be pretty sweet. And I like how they're tweaking his origin. Uh, stoked about the two Avengers movies, including one of them being Secret Wars. That's awesome. Uh, and this being the multiverse saga. Did you ever read the Secret Wars comic? Or do you, do you know. know what that is from the... So the idea was there was this alien character that took all the heroes and villains and put them on a place called Battle World and was like, okay, just duke it out. And let's see who reigns supreme. Um, but they're going to do that with the multiverse. So I love this idea that we could have oh. multiple Spider-Men. We could have the Fox X-Men characters. Like they can bring in any Marvel character they want, put them on a planet and have them fight pretty much to the death and have that be an entire movie. I think that's going to be a phenomenal ending. I've heard a lot about Secret Wars. I've heard both ways. I mean, you know, it's kind of polarizing from what I've seen, but. I think, you know, before I go see that movie, I'm definitely going to read it. Yeah. Well, as a kid, I was, I mean, the ultimate, like, as a child, think about when you buy a comic each month, you know, and you buy your Daredevil to see Daredevil, you buy your Spider-Man to see Spider-Man, to buy one comic where you get to see the X-Men, the Avengers, and like everything together, and they're all, it's just all action and very light on story. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Could be a really good movie. So cool. Well, uh, hey, have a good week, everyone. I'll catch you back tomorrow night for AEW. Until then, take care. Follow Alfred at This Is Nasty. Follow me at Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Have a good one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.